Did anyone else play Guitar Hero growing up? No. I played Rock Band. Yeah, I was into Rock Band. Like, I think... Okay, uh, well, that, that I works. think other people in the world may have played Guitar Hero, but I personally did not. <laughs> other people definitely played... I played Guitar Hero. I was an expert. Yeah, no, I was just saying, in case you're wondering if you were, like, the singular person in the world that played Guitar Hero. <laughs> um, Am I the only one around here that plays Guitar Hero? Were you leading I'm... somewhere with that? I miss Guitar Hero. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a killer game. I heard that they made like a, it might have been a rock band or maybe it was Guitar Hero because they kind of like peaked when they did like the Beatles rock band and then they had kind of a slow, you know, they made other spinoffs, but no one really played them. Um, you can't start and then they came... the Beatles. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the start. They, they had like an arc. But I, I mean, feel like that it was, was like the they first built... band they did. Right, like, right, right. Can't go. True. Can't do a more popular band than that. Yeah, that's true. Where could they even go after that? Uh... But they came out with another one, which was like, um, I think it's like a whole guitar, and there's all the notes that you would play on a guitar. Yeah. No, that's too. I much. think no. I think that came more... with the Beatles one. I swear. I don't think so. No. Really? Funky, I know you're the the person who knows about games, but this is the one <laughs> game I know about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was like other buttons on the Beatles one. Like you could go up to like the top, the 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 middle to like uh, okay. go and like do like cool solos and stuff. But this other one I think was like about learning how to play guitar, but like with a rock band guitar. I don't know. Never what played. Did you it. think of this? What was it useful after that question? Oh, I never played it. <laughs> mm. um, Great. You're dodging. But the, it, you're dodging the question. What made me think of this? Yeah. Uh, the uh, fact that you don't have a song for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many like songs in this movie. I know a lot of very really good. good. Songs. I don't yes. remember them, but they yeah. were there, and I enjoyed them. They were like yeah. Um, can I tell you guys something very personal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. TMI off the record. I have a little bit of um, veal in my mouth, and I need to floss it out <laughs> immediately Whoa. before I go nuts. I'll be right back. We'll be patiently I'll sing us. So this is a, a song from uh, Guitar Hero 3 do Honey, I know you know what I mean with this. One thing is, who am I? You know the words so well. I know what you really want to know. I got this one thing. I got this realizing, realizing, realizing. And this mind is on the corner. I'm watching Santa Claus jump with honey. This one day I'll come running home to you. I don't want to see the day. Is it falling down my face? Well, if no one's gonna say anything, I'll just keep going. We're still waiting for Funky. I was trying to think of a bit. I'm just waiting for Funky to get back. I was enjoying this like musical interlude. Um, also, I have a question. Are the songs from Guitar Hero 3, like, specially written for Guitar Hero, or are they not, like, also just real songs? They're just real songs. Okay. Yeah. 
There in guitar in the first three Guitar Heroes, uh, they didn't have the license to all the songs, I guess that were, or they couldn't get like the original versions of all the songs. Oh. So there are some like weird covers of some of them, <laughs> but <laughs> but mostly they just have the the real songs. Uh, okay. What did I miss? Nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> we hey, just sat here silent. Come on. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good intro to this movie. Very mm-hmm. applicable. Who, so funky. I mean, take it away. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Is It Whack, your favorite movie podcast where we discuss the whackness of uh, movies. And as we all know, whackness is arbitrary and depends solely upon how we're feeling right now, which could be uh, pretty much anything. So uh, strap in and get ready for the ride. I'm one of your hosts, Funke, and I'm joined by Adam. Hello, I don't want to see the day. <laughs> Nara. Hi. Yo, and Seb. Good evening. Welcome to a very spooky episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. Halloween is coming up. Oh, that's Halloween be on Saturday. Wow. Do you guys have costumes? Oh, Kinda. What's the point? Really? Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> oh, I I am just learning the dance from um the Carolyn Polachek music video So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings because I do so have So hot you're hurting my feelings. Yeah, cuz I do have a green screen and then I'm going to like wear a similar outfit to that she does in the music video and just do that dance and post the video of me doing that dance cuz I can't go out and do anything in a costume. So I may as well just recreate a music video. Mm. That's awesome. That's very sick. You got some. You got something, Funky? I have absolutely nothing, and as as I'm pretty sad about it. Um, I don't know. I wanted to even like. I didn't want to not do anything at all. I wanted to still dress up, but I couldn't think of a good idea. And then like while I was trying to think of an idea, I was like, like Seb said, "What's the point? Like I'm just gonna be sitting <laughs> in my goddamn chair." <laughs> like, just for one picture. For one picture, yeah. you're right. Picture, but it would yeah, be a Luke fun and I picture. are still gonna do something. But I saw. <laughs> okay, I was checking. Right now, oh, yeah? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna establish it. Is it whack? Halloween costume contest. Send us pictures of your costume, and we'll just. Oh wow. I you I don't know. Maybe you'll get the the uh, golden wacko lantern instead of one of these movies. Ooh. And we'll judge who is the best, Luca or Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Luca, Ryan, hey. please send us your... We got a couple other people that listen every week. EC always posts the episode That's on Instagram. That's true. Yeah, it'll be... I'm sorry. Thank, thank you, EC. Yeah, Luca, so Ryan, EC, one of you three will have the best costume. Yeah. <laughs> or our many other mystery listeners. Yeah. Some people just don't post that they're listening. Google sent me a message like yesterday and was like, you know what you were doing last year? You were in a Matrix outfit at a Matrix party. Oh, oh my God. shit. And I was don't, like, damn it. I wish I was back oh, there. Take me back. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah. Now that's like a bittersweet thing to think about. That was like the one big party I hosted at my house before I was no longer allowed to host things. Um, not by any I other Sam. force. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. I, I, maybe I will just dress up as uh, uh, Agent Smith 
again. <laughs> Ever just pretend it was 2019 Halloween, but don't go out. Don't leave your house. Just in your head, replay yeah. the little movie memory of it. Just mentally. <laughs> I have a follow-up question. Y- yeah? Are any of you going trick-or-treating this year? <laughs> <laughs> what a controversial question. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you guys something weird? Since no one's listening at this point. <laughs> hey. <laughs> at least three people are. Ryan, you see Luca, you're still with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I hope he never listens to this. But the guy who oh, lives no. upstairs from us <laughs> has put so many decorations up. And every day he adds more. And every day I'm like, wow. this is the end of it. This has to be the end. And then every day there's more. <laughs> there's a mechanical spider that like jumps that it looks like it's going to jump out at you it's on a mechanism so now mm. i have to use the side door cuz i'm afraid of spiders <laughs> it's this wow. it's, and luke said he didn't even hand out candy last year <laughs> this is for his benefit this is not for children what the heck well maybe some people are just super into halloween like yeah, permanently yeah. so cut that yeah. out maybe it- Cut that out. Just, you know, I don't know. Bleep it out. Well, I think you're just scared of the spider. <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep it everything out and up until I'm just scared of spiders. <laughs> what if the spider hears it? And no. It <laughs> it's on a mechanism. You've got to watch that. Yeah. Wow. Um, I we, feel. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Funky. Go on, please. Oh, I was you're just probably going to get us on track, right? I, I was. Yeah. I was going to talk about the movie we watched. But if you have something to say. Oh, I was going to say, I feel so out of whack. Be- out of whack. Ooh, wow. Oh, I didn't even mean that. Oh. Wow, that's great. Because we're not, we don't usually record when the when it's dark out. I know. Uh, Spooky. It's I'm getting in like a faster. different space than I usually, usually I'm over there. And you have your little <laughs> thing, your no, mural behind you. I know. You. I know. I feel so off. Oh my God, what if I just... I'm off my game right now. It's all good. You'll good bounce thing back. only three people are listening, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> You'll bounce back. <laughs> Um, thanks, thanks, Funke. Actually, Funke. Yes. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that encouragement. Oh, no problem. No problem. Um, we watched a movie. I think uh, we we've all gathered to talk about it. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> who who brought the movie in? By the way, I did. Oh, would you like to talk about it? Actually, do you want to introduce? So, it? I say. We can talk about anything we want on this episode because I brought in the movie and all I want is for us to just have a conversation. Mm. Mm. But we should talk about the movie. Um, It's called uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes. I watched it, uh, I mean, the year it came out. Was it 2015? 2014. 2014? Maybe I watched it the next year. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I watched it around the time it came out. Which, I mean, that was like five years ago now. Such a different person. Or six. Um, yeah, yeah or even six at that point. Um, I, how did you, how I did you hearing, feel about it when you watched it? Well, I, I remember hearing it was good, and, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Maybe I'll watch it. But there's a lot of movies that I think I'm going to watch, and I don't end up watching. Mm-hmm. But this one, I had heard also that it was uh, uh, funded via Indiegogo, I think. Very little money. It was like $50,000 or something. Um, yeah, just funded just through Indiegogo. And I was like, mm. oh, shit, that's cool. Low budget DIY uh, crowdfunded film. 
Uh, now it's up my watch list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it just it it, it just jumped all the way up. Yeah, yeah, it skateboarded up to the top. Ooh. It passed Chef. That... <laughs> <laughs> no, I did also watch Chef though. Oh. What um were there not other like Kickstarter type movies being made back then, or was this like a big one? It had a lot of buzz. Like I think I didn't even know that, but mm. it was still a lot of buzz of like this is like this Iranian horror film. It's rare that it's like, I think rare for a bunch of different reasons. I knew I like somehow mm-hmm. I knew about it maybe a couple years after it came out, but I still like knew there was buzz about it, but I didn't know anything besides people were like, Oh, you should watch this movie. And then I was surprised to like go see that the reviews of it were like kind of mixed. Oh, they were. It got, it got pretty, I think uh, at least from critics, it got pretty universal. I, I it might just, be mixed I, on this podcast. Ooh. Oh, I was just looking at like Google <laughs> reviews and like Letterboxd when I like went to watch the film. Um, so like from the general public, it got mixed reviews. But everything I heard about right. it up until then was just like, oh, this is a really good film that you should watch. Yeah, I, I so anyway, I knew like nothing about it except that it was this self-funded horror film from Iran. Uh, and I watched it and I thought, oh, that was pretty cool uh <laughs> and then uh didn't think too much about it until we decided we were gonna do a series about the horror films hallowack happy hallowack happy and hallowack. then i thought what's a horror movie that i'd like to rewatch?" and i said hmm come on at night you're like hmm, maybe that movie <laughs> about i rewatched it yeah but not Gone Girl. No, the one that Ooh. walks home alone at night. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. And I watched it again today. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's slightly less than I did the first time. But I still think it's good. Mm. Why, why do you like it less than the first time? Uh, I don't know. We'll get into it. I'd like to hear everyone else's thoughts. I feel like I've been monologuing for so long. I'm off my game. Oh, it's all good. Uh, but I don't want to dodge your question or anything, Funke. I'll get back to that. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll reload. Don't let him go. Chase him. Chase him on. (laughs) Don't let him weasel out of this one. Yeah, everybody leave the chat so that way Adam has to answer the question. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, <laughs> my first time watching this was uh, last night at like 2 a.m. And I, wa- yeah. I watched a bit of it. Then I was like, this feels a bit too scary for right now. And then I woke up and I watched the rest of it. Uh, and it was very cool. I, I really liked, um, I guess, what is that? Monochrome, just like black and white, the whole thing. And uh, I don't know. I, I really like the aesthetic it carved. And I, I noticed one thing, like the scenes... Some of them are very slow, kind of like Tusk, um, and they kind of like stay <laughs> in the same spot. But I was like, why do I like this, these ones and why do I hate like Tusks? But I feel like here it's like so much more just in the emotions of the characters and they let that sit and kind of let you sit with that as well, um, which is very cool. Whereas in Tusk, I think they were just doing a lot of just like exposition and being like, oh, here's this. We're talking a lot. Um, and we're going through stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was cool a lot of interesting yes and (laughs) it switched i was like oh my gosh i was i was about to feel worried for the girl walking home alone at night but really i should be worried for everyone else Mm. yeah expectations subverted yes 
A little bit oh. of a subversion. Yeah. Have you guys seen what? this before? No. Narasab? No. Mm. I watched it last night also. Did I watch it last night? Hey. Yes, yesterday was Monday. Yes, I watched it last night. Because <laughs> I worked yesterday and then I came home and watched it after work. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so much fun. Yes! It was great. It, it's, I think it is also very much my, my kind of movie. I understand why people might not like it, but I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really pretty. I really liked the one scene where she's like on the skateboard and like balancing herself against the wall. I thought that was so fun. Um, yeah. I, uh, I knew you were going to like it, Nara. Um, Funke, I knew you were going to like it. Seb, I knew you were going to like it as well. And all I wanted was a movie that would bring us all together in positivity. You know, something we wouldn't argue about. Because I feel like we've just been doing so much arguing. Wait, and... it's, it's did, always me. Did Seb, always me. did Seb say his opinion? I didn't say it. I, Adam might have seen my letterbox rating, which is three out of five. That's a good that's not bad. It's just, that's I'm just messing around. It's a comedy <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we're funny. <laughs> I don't care. You don't have to like it, Seb. It's not like I made the movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's not It's not even that I think it's like bad. I, it's just not really my kind of movie, I guess. It's not like my... Bad City. Huh? Bad, bad city, city is is my kind of setting. Oh, I love Like bad I got city. excited when they were like, it's Bad City. <laughs> Yeah. The city's called Bad City. <laughs> but I, I guess the approach to it is not the way that I'd like but it's about to approach cowboys. a genre movie. Bad City. I don't know if it is. And it's about them in a way that I don't enjoy. Where it's the iconography without, you know, the story. Which is fine. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just like, I feel like this is a kind of stylistic atmosphere kind of movie. More than like a plot-driven yeah. movie. I don't think that's controversial to say. No, I think that's um, very accurate. I think that's just factual. <laughs> and uh, usually I'm, I'm a little less into that. It's hmm. my big take. You think the cowboyness was just aesthetic? Uh, I think that it was exploring the like lone the lone cowboy kind of idea of like. I think it was. Uh, yeah, oh, I, was say, I think it was making a comment about America. Mm-hmm. That too. <laughs> but I mean, I'll, I have a, you say your thing, because it's probably smarter. Me? Yeah. Well, there's just like a lot of parallels being driven or uh, drawn between like vampirism and like um, the oil wells and then like looking towards like um, sort of like the iconography of like the like the cowboy is like a drifter and as this like american hero and how the protagonist is sort of like a cowboy in a sense or like maybe sees himself in the cowboy or is like presented to the audience as a cowboy um in a way and and then sort of like a society that is not at all western trying to like live up to these western ideals that have been imposed on them but maybe aren't in their favor which is like obviously there's a lot of like different there's a lot of like different political commentary and different metaphors about all sorts of different things i think going on simultaneously in this film but that is like a reading of it nice yeah hell yeah 
uh, my read wasn't going to be as smart or uh, 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 political as that about the cowboyness. I just thought like everyone is so lonely. There's such a sense of freaking uh, loneliness yeah. um, in the way that I think a lot of cowboys in like these classic American or, uh, you know, whatever films uh, are. But usually it's kind of like a cool thing to be like the lone ranger, the lone cowboy kind of guy. I haven't seen a lot of those movies. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but are... I just felt like this. But I think, I think yeah, that yeah, is like it? the common like cultural perception of it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, like a lot of cowboys are like solo um, and, and just like go and do tasks like miscellaneous stuff and bounty hunting stuff or uh, wrestling some cool herd like a classic cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> like a real I cowboy. I love wrestling some But yeah, there's like, a deep lo- there's like a deep loneliness behind a lot of that, just kind of drifting from place to place and not having any kind of like real uh, connection or real like, I don't know yeah Mm -hmm. i'm off my game you can you can you can move on you could someone else could say something (laughs) what do you mean you're off your game well there is it is sort of like (laughs) drawing these comparisons between like the vampire and this like the arming like our protagonist who's like the cowboy in a sense and like looking at their loneliness and how they're both lonely and alienated for like different reasons i guess yeah um yeah I'm not I'm not denying that there's like uh thematic intent and even like things that make sense thematically about the movie. I just think like it kind of <laughs> you're like, what? You're like this That's good. film does do things that make sense. I'm not denying yeah. that the film. I'm I'm but I'm not saying they like screwed it up what they're trying to say or something. Yeah, I just yeah. think like the characters are largely symbolic. We don't really understand why they do what they do, which is on purpose, I think. And that leaves me feeling disconnected uh, from them and the movie itself for most of it. Like, the only stuff mm-hmm. I really understand is, like, he likes the car, and so I'm upset when the guy takes the car. Like, that's, like, I don't yeah. know. That's the, how I engage with the movie, which I know is not the right way to engage with this kind of movie. It's just, like, I think that's kind of why it left me... Uh, cold to a lot of it yeah i i i could see that i mean i i i think there's no right or way wrong right or wrong way to engage it's it's fine however and you're looking at uh i don't know you 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 bring your own thing to it and then you're looking at it from whatever angle and that's fine um i kind of liked that like coldness which normally i i might not like in a movie where you do have such a element of like removal from the characters because for me like I was saying before like so much of it was about that sense of like disconnection and loneliness and like um isolation and and you know whatever other synonyms you want to use uh that to me I didn't really mind that sense that like I did feel so viscerally that feeling while watching but I understand that that certainly like doesn't work for everyone. It is very much, at least in my experience watching it, very much like a feeling um, mm-hmm. movie in the same way that like Personal Shopper was. Right. Have mm. has, have you guys seen Wings of Desire? Nope. No, what's that about? That one's long. That's about but, an angel, right? 
Yeah, it's it's long, and I think it's a similar type of thing. But to me, that movie works better. It's a, it's about an angel and unfair comparison. You know, that's like a classic and whatever. But it's about an angel in Berlin. Uh, you know, around the time the wall is going to come down, and he's wandering around, and you feel he's extremely lonely throughout the movie, and you feel that, but you understand why, I guess. Like he's trying to save humanity, and you see him like talking to people. To, who are like suicidal and trying to like talk them down and stuff and failing and you get why he's kind of given up hope and that movie makes me very sad and i see both the beauty and the sadness in in him and what he's doing um in this one i just didn't and you know i'm definitely missing the point or i could be missing the point i just didn't understand why these characters were like this bro why they were so that much. dude's like what father is addicted sense? to heroin and yeah he needs his medicine yeah. <laughs> yeah i guess so town i understand logically <laughs> i just <A> bad city <laughs> didn't understand emotionally because that guy right off doesn't seem to care about his dad and that's fine and you i understand why it's just like i didn't feel those relationships really i don't know we never did a summary right a corner Yes, a Perhaps. corner. Why don't you do the song while you give me one minute? Do you not remember what corner, this movie perhaps. is about? I just don't remember the main Where? character's name, and I want to get it. It's a rush. Arash? Yeah. I think the actor's name is also. Yeah, the actor's yeah, name is also. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, oh. I saw Elijah that. Wood produced yeah. this movie. Really? Yeah, Elijah Wood invests in a lot of interesting genre stuff. Oh. Oh. Yeah. A special oh, guest. Another player on the cast. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Who Elijah needs one Wood, minute. can you hear me? Introduce Wood? yourself. Okay, sorry, I just had to wait till I was recording. Okay, we got Hannah. <laughs> I'm recording now. Hannah just got here. Um, uh, and we also got no. Elijah Wood. Woo! Oh my God, Hannah. Oh my God. Elijah, say uh, hello. Hey guys, uh, I'm Elijah Wood. Turn on your camera. Uh, I'm Elijah Wood. Uh, <laughs> produce this movie. Like- is sound? this a joke Just that like, I'm yeah, like invest in a lot of weird genre stuff? Um, <laughs> my understanding. <laughs> Bye, Elisha. My guess was that yeah, the, this this movie, which was uh, kickstarted, probably like started to attract attention and then got distribution deals or something. Mm-hmm. Elijah Wood probably saw. It. I saw also that Vice was a. Yeah. distributor i guess which i didn't even know they distributed <laughs> movies but all right yeah that's funny see that yeah logo? I, d- I do remember that logo at the start what the heck should i do a quick summary corner i think you should yes yeah we're not even there yet <laughs> well, we've about, talking about the movie <laughs> oh yeah and guitar huh? <laughs> have you not you're not there yet you haven't gotten uh, to this Arash is a guy who's just working hard, I think, at a job that we don't see initially. Um, And he is living in poverty in the fictional city of Bad City. And he um, kind of has a series of encounters with a woman who is uh, a vampire. And he uh, kind of accidentally inherits a drug empire from one of her victims or i guess not accidentally intentionally inherits the drug empire he takes that he uh clashes with uh you know and 
runs into various characters, but also he's only kind of the main character. It's kind of an ensemble with these, uh, you know, lonely characters in Bad City, including uh, sex worker, uh, skateboarding little kid. Um, the little kid doesn't actually a... skateboard. I think he just carries a skateboard. Just carries a skateboard. <laughs> uh, party well, girl. Yeah, but I'm sure he's still. I'm sure he skateboards it sometimes. I guess we just it's unconfirmed. Holds it's unconfirmed. a skateboard. It's, it's implied. It's unconfirmed. We never see him skateboard. We only see him with the skateboard in that one scene. That's True. that's pretty much a summary corner. Can I say my reading before I have to go? Well, I guess I still have lots of. You going now? No. You have to live seven. <laughs> Never mind. I just want to say this is the only smart thing I had about the movie. Okay. At the beginning, <laughs> okay. I thought her victims were all people who had accepted Western influence in some way. You know, mm. a skateboarding kid, um, a kind of party girl. Though I don't know if she actually gets her. Who are the first people? No, oh, the, first, the, the, the first drug dealer the, who it's likes just the drug dealer, and I think the father that she actually and, and the homeless... guy on the street and, and the homeless, homeless, homeless yeah. man. But the first guy is the drug dealer who's into hip hop, and then the second one is the skateboarding kid. Yeah. And you know, all the characters kind of accept or reject, you know, the Western influence in some way. But then that kind of falls apart because she's also really into all kinds of. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Bee Gees poster on her wall. Western pop culture. I feel like the minute she's introduced, she's like seems incredibly influenced by like Western culture. Like she seems like. But she's not. The apartment like, isn't the first thing we see of her. Well, we see, like we see her do, like. Don't we see her dancing before? Yeah, no, isn't it is the same. No, it but is the doesn't first she show up like we see her standing you know, outside the drug dealer's car? Yeah, we see her behind. And the then car she first. goes yeah. and, and kills him. And then she gets the kid, and then we no, see the apartment. No, she. No, we we see her dancing in her apartment before she goes out, and then goes home with the drug dealer. Do we know him. that that's her? <laughs> I don't think we know it's her. I don't. We see her dancing in her apartment. <laughs> but do we know that, we that that's the vampire? I don't think we know it's not the... at the start. We at don't, that we don't point. know it's yes. the vampire until she meets the drug dealer. But when she's just standing outside the car, we don't know. We don't know it's the same but, person. But you, yeah. but yes, you, but you should. <laughs> Sam does it. <laughs> I don't think that it's trying to pull anything on you. I think, you know, anyone with object tournaments would go, oh yeah. Object perm tournaments. <laughs> okay, I can't oh pronounce that word. God. We're not, that's, that doesn't Seth matter. Just wants right to smart. Me? I, Hannah accused me of being a baby who I, doesn't I understand. I know I'm just joining. Seeing the same thing multiple times. I know I'm just jo- joining the conversation, but I used to like, this was my first time seeing this film, but it was one I wanted to see for a long time because um, like a lot of like cool feminist online people in like 2013, 14 or whatever, like I heard them talk about it and like on Brookie, I think they talked about it. And I remember seeing images of her putting all that eyeliner on. Right. But I don't know where I saw it. I just sort of like remember seeing that before I'd seen it. I feel like film. I've seen those on Tumblr. But like, like those gifs of that. Yeah, probably. And so my, like, I immediately, like, I don't know, maybe I assumed that the film was supposed to be like a feminist, like, uh, monstrous, like, woman. And like, I feel like the minute, like, 
she kind of has that interaction with the boy, especially, like, you realize, like, like, she, her, like, she's preying on men exclusively, um, like, not even just, like, males, like, grown men. Well, like, that, um, well, with the little, but she doesn't, the kid isn't a victim. She terrorizes the kid. that whole conversation. She terrorizes the kid so he won't be bad. And takes the skateboard. Okay, She scares the kid, asking him to, basically saying, like, this is after she's killed the, like, drug dealer guy who like had that awful interaction with the sex worker and she comes and talks to this kid and basically is like are you a good and like she's like just so you know like I'm gonna be watching you I am there your whole life basically like trying to scare him out of not growing up into a gross man and then the second time she comes and like other than, like, the homeless man, and I don't really know where that fits in, like, with the father as well, like, she preys on him after he also has this disgusting interaction well, with the sex worker, and, like, it treats her horribly, too. Like, I always... Or another thing, like, with yeah, the sorry. vampirism and, like, the home, like, the person on the street, like, I think that could also be, like, a comment on, like, Western influence in the Middle East and in Iran, um, especially with, like, overthrowing the government multiple times, like, um, it is a thing where it's, like, the West came in and they're, like, oh, we're gonna, like, influence in, in a way that's gonna be good for you, but then ends up being a bad influence, um, which could be a thing where it is, like, this thing that is, like, supposed to be, she's, like, saving women are only going after bad men but it's like oh actually regardless she just needs to eat she needs this to like sustain her so it doesn't really matter like she may have some morals but that doesn't mean she's like completely like morally clear you know well yeah it's sort of like she could have like fed on the main guy and then chooses not to because she doesn't sense him as a threat and then like out of hunger because her next victim is the person on the street maybe I'm reading too much into it but I I guess I guess I missed our earlier conversation I just I entered the film only knowing that it's like considered like a feminist film or like a feminist ish like horror film but maybe that's not the contact i don't well, know like well also a film doesn't have to be like exclusively like one reading or one political yeah it can be read in different ways but oh no yeah i just meant like it's like been claimed by like feminist people online uh, that's that's my only context of it in my cultural. true yeah i i definitely see that reading a lot um and yeah i don't know that that's I thought a lot about Twilight when I was watching this one because it was like, I guess, modern day vampire and human uh, relationship. Um, and I was just like, it, it, it's done quite differently. Um, but they do try to set up like a, a moral... I, I, sorry, I'm talking about their morals. It, it, they do try to like set up a moral compass for her, it seems like. Um, and it does seem like she's like, she kills the drug dealer and like gives the his like riches to the sex worker. And it... I, I, it seems like she has like some sort of like uh, I guess feeling to do good but I don't know if she like can always control herself with that when when she goes and kills the person on the street I was like what why did she do that I didn't it didn't really add up in my head but 
Yeah, does anyone know why, like, what she's feeling, Adam? Uh, I don't know if I have, like, a specific answer for that, but what you're describing is kind of, like, what I find so fascinating about the movie, because I think, like, once she does do that first kill, uh, I I think I did certainly expect that the movie was going to be, like, oh, okay, it's this kind of, uh, subversion of what you expect when, you know, as we were saying before, when you hear the title, you think, okay, it's, it's about this woman who is unsafe on the streets and she's the one who is potentially, uh the victim but it's it's kind of this subversion and i assume that like the movie's going to be her like i guess taking back the streets to a certain extent where she is kind of like going around using her vampire abilities to uh kill and suck the blood from all these shitty guys like a vigilante and i like yeah 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 exactly um and yeah i i don't quite understand I guess why she kills every person that she does, but that's what I find so like exciting and interesting about the movie is that it like pointedly isn't that it it speaks to a like rounder moral uh, compass, I suppose, a more complex moral compass that isn't just like yeah, I don't know, she just now kills these bad guys. Mm. Well, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It also makes it like as realistic as like a um like a folklore or like folktale like monster can be i guess in a modern context like it does ground it to a degree where it's like oh this is still like it like um still like works with like the common understanding of um and maybe like eases the audience's tensions a bit when she meets um arash again where she it's like oh she doesn't need to eat necessarily right now like she won't be tempted to like suck his blood because she like just ate um that scene was terrifying. I was like, oh, he's done. Like, yeah. I think it it kind of, yeah, it takes, like, the kind of, me- like, the way it's using, like, vampire as, not, like, a metaphor, but, like, I guess, like, to carry a kind of maybe, like, a social political message, but then also understanding the, like, day-to-day, uh, kind of obstacles faced by a vampire and that you do need to drink on human blood right. uh, despite your political alignment. Right, at a certain um, point she just kind of has to do like a, a shitty thing because it's like, well, I have to survive. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems like, I I mean, I'm like, right, she's like, like, when she goes out at night, like that's her basically like watching over like the men and like the different characters of the city right like basically waiting for someone to do something that justifies her feeding right like i guess that's right she's almost like even like in some cases putting herself Mm -hmm. out as bait wait a second like basically what that sounds like uh how americans treat the middle east let's let's wait for someone to be a dictator so we can uh excuse us going to get the oil yeah Sorry. And you use that as justification. Yeah. Ooh. The metaphors are Which all I, I, uh, braiding together. I, I like what you said, Nara, about, like, she's, like, maybe the, the, I guess, like, the good and the bad of, like, outside influence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is this, like, you know, social progress that maybe maybe she's inspired by these Western things and she's, you know, allowed to. But there's also, like, all these uh, 
negative things. I love um, when they're they're on the ecstasy and they go like, "Is this bad city? It doesn't look like it doesn't look like the place that I I knew, right? Like something's changed." Mm-hmm. Thought that was interesting. Sorry, did I cut you off, Hannah? Were you on a thing? Hmm. Oh no. I. I. Hannah, was it your first time watching it this time? Yeah. Had everyone else seen it before? Nope. Nope. Only Adam. First I, time. It's like one of those movies that I was always like, oh yeah, I need to watch that. And I meant to watch. Mm-hmm. And then it's been like seven years. And I <laughs> so I finally watched it. What'd you think? Did you like it? I liked it. Um, yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounded really confident in your answer. That's good. That's good. No, I did like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a couple. Oh, one second. Oh, I have. Um, I have a couple notes. Oh. What? Yeah, oh, actually, yes. While I pull up my. Sorry. Oh, what are I'm my on the notes? Google account. My notes. Well, just before we get off it completely, was there any evidence that she was conflicted about killing the homeless person? It just happened. No, it just happened. It was just like she an walks insert. over. But all of a sudden, I, I would say like maybe not explicit evidence but like just in her pattern of behavior like she could have killed that kid and she chose not to she could have killed um the main character very easily but there was a reason not to it seems like killing the homeless man was really just like by default and also in like vampire like kind of stories it often like like people that won't go missing yeah people or like people who like quality of life is not and there's like a weird moral justification um seems bad because vi- it is bad but i'm just <laughs> i'm saying like this is the the inner conversation of the vampire who is hungry sub you could also yeah. and i think oh yeah, i was no, just gonna say with going. like homeless uh like looking at like the demographic of homeless people you could like go further with this like uh like the metaphor of vampirism where it's like so like obviously like the oil like i don't think this is like a huge thing i think this is kind of a stretch but it's like with the oil drilling oil it's like outside forces like feeding off of iran's people and their government and their resources and the wealth and that should be theirs and should be going towards the livelihood of their communities and that's sort of like how i think like localized communities a lot of time look at like homeless folks who are getting like government support they're like oh they're just like leeching off the state why why do they deserve it but it's like why do western and outside influences deserve the resources of um like all these other like countries or like uh quote-unquote developing countries um that they've just been like inter like that western powers and like um colonial powers have just been interfering with and like fucking up um where it's like yeah, it sort of, like, goes back to that, like, different levels of, like, leeching off of each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, so in this read, she's just, like, uh, continuing the, like, chain of I don't, leeching? I don't know if she, if it, or... if it is necessarily about her action, but I think it might just be, like, inserting a homeless person in the plot is just, like, pointing out another instance of um, perceived vampirism in society. And right. but also it's like, you know, the way like the U.S. like justifies its like treatment of the Middle East is like 
almost through like dehumanizing and speaking of like collateral damage in like the and you could kind of like the way that that scene happens so quickly there's not even like an like a moment like leading up to it we don't even really get a good idea of how this what this man looks like like he's kind of dehuman not like like he doesn't really have like an identity outside of that and is like sort of collateral damage so she can pursue this love or like not kill this love interest yeah Yeah. that makes sense well, he is, like, completely, like, dehumanized, especially in her eyes, and it's just kind yeah. of, like, an oppor- like it's just an opportunity for her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to but think it- about, like, the consequence. Yeah, you're like, I don't necessarily want to do this, but I'm not going to feel as guilty about doing it, which is, like, when you think about, like, the kinds of choices that, like, I don't know, Western nations, like, make about, like, towards, like, or, like, during war with uh, countries in the Middle East, like there almost sometimes is this attitude of, like, well, this is just something we have to, like, do. Even, like, Obama yeah. talking about, like, mm-hmm. with, uh, drones. drones. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also, like, I think, like, looking at Iran and, like, the, and, um, yeah, I guess looking at Iran also, like, and it's, like, how women are treated there and how it's, like, sort of viewed as, like, um like obviously it's like unjustifiably like viewed as like a developing country or like not as advanced as like colonial like western nations even though it's like colonial like western colonial powers sort of like instituted these rules like in iran where it's like pre like 1960s it wasn't or like i'm not exactly sure about the timeline but like definitely like pre-1960s it wasn't like that always like it was like um yeah like it was a pretty like um liberated by like western standards like the society and even now it's like oh yeah Yeah. iran had like a a socialist government yeah it has right that the cia that the cia like messed up so it's like interesting like um like also looking at like that's fucked up forgot about that yeah so it's like also interesting like looking at that how it's also like maybe this idea of like fictional monsters where it's like oh like again like talking to like where it's like either like the vampire could be the states or the vampire could be like how like the like the states are like just like western colonial powers um interfering in iran or it could be like how western um places view iran and view them as this like secret monster even though it is like they are quite liberated and they do have a like they or they did have a lot more freedoms and like um like it was like a great place like probably better than the U.S. <laughs> so, damn, the CIA went over there and messed up their whole government. They did it everywhere. Yeah, they did. It. Yeah, what? <laughs> the USA has done that in so many countries. Yeah. I just oh. what's the what's the scene where um the main character Arash I want to yeah. remember yeah Arash yeah. he dumps the drug dealer's body in a pit and there's a whole bunch of other bodies yeah. What is that? I'm not exactly sure. I did not brush up on uh, my politics or history before this. If everything I'm saying right now seems a little bit half informed, that's because I am remembering what I learned in grade 11. Mm-hmm. I learned about you that. You learned this in grade 11. Yeah. I didn't learn and I I have yet to learn any of the things that you're talking Thank you, about. Thank you Tessa I, Hill <laughs> for doing a presentation in film about Iranian new wave and then yeah 
that's where I learned I, it all. I learned, I learned about that CIA coup from a comic book my grandma gave me. I also learned about that from <sighs> Lucas Miller-Owen, I think. Lucas Miller-Owen was talking about that. So shout out to Lucas Miller-Owen and Tessa Hill for informing me about political shout out, events. Shout out. Hey, shout out. I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but I will shout them out. <laughs> but I'm not if, sure what the the, yeah. the body pit was. It could be from like political prisoners or it has to be like something important. <laughs> Are you looking at <laughs> right now? I'm looking I'm yeah, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia, but they don't mention it. <laughs> they don't mention the room full of bugs. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a brief summary. Um, gotta say, Adam, I know this is probably early on and I'm not like actually trying to do whack scores, but I just really don't think this is a whack movie. So, um, did you give a reason for why you picked it at the beginning that I missed? Uh, um, okay. You <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> I don't mean it in a rude way. No, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, cause I, I did miss the beginning of the conversation but i just i'm oh. i'm just curious i was just about... saying I, I i was drawn to it uh, when it came out because uh, i knew that it was kick-started knew it was a low-budget oh. diy film that kind of uh got pretty popular and so i was fascinated by uh it and i think that it kind of is uh whack i i think that like there um there's a critic that i heard talking about this uh on an episode of blank check great podcast but don't go listen to that listen to this podcast you'll never <laughs> come back hey you have two ears are... you can do both <laughs> true 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 <laughs> but they were talking about the um, how you know there's a lot of movies where you kind of have to just like get into the like elasticity of the metaphor uh or of the symbol or whatever is at like the core and that sometimes, like, there'll be a thing that uh, you assume is a symbol of one thing and you assume you have, like, a good read on it. And then it kind of morphs and changes and they do things that, like, kind of contradict that. Uh, and in that experience, you kind of find this new read where, oh, maybe it's about this. Maybe it's this, this, this. And for a lot mm -hmm. of people, that can be a very, like, frustrating experience because it's kind of like, what is the single symbol of this movie what is the single metaphor what am i tracking but i think there's something really exciting about watching a movie and tracking what that symbol is and watching that kind of like morph and change um as as it goes and it, and it feels like a very active way to watch a movie in in my mind some of that was taken from what the the critics said and some of that was imbuing my own uh, thoughts but i think that this is a great i think this is a great movie in in that regard i think uh even judging by the the conversation we've been having so far you can track that symbol in various ways and you can also kind of contradict any one of those readings with like contradicting things that the character does or or morally gray things that the character does and i think that that's like cool and i don't think that that's uh, a very uh traditional thing to do in a movie May I pose a question in response to that? Do you guys think, like, not that it's something unique to the horror genre, but perhaps something more prevalent within the horror genre, just because of, like, 
uh, a lot of people have made arguments about how like horror films tend to be making some kind of commentary on some social political issues not always but can also be easily translated as metaphors and like just the idea of like monsters and like uh lore in themselves are always sort of used metaphorically like do you think that what adam is kind of describing like do you guys think that that's like a prevalent feature of the horror genre um i feel like a lot of older ones at least have like like symbolism that's pretty i guess pretty i don't want to say obvious but like pretty just like all in one reading and kind of like uh the director's preferred reading um and when they talk about it they're like okay like this is a metaphor for this um but yeah no i i do like what uh what adam was saying of movies that like do have symbols that like thrown up and like don't like completely fit into your reading but like you can argue for them to like be wrapped up in it um but yeah it is i i do see it a lot in horror it is a thing because it well it's just like the idea of like depending on the context in which you're viewing it or like or like what you maybe go into the movie thinking it's about like you can kind of put the monster in the shoes of like many different like what is the monster and then like what their actions mean can like kind of change from viewing to viewing where like depending on who sees it and their life experience perhaps does yeah. that make sense someone yeah, yeah. on twitter yeah, yeah. said so, so if you go on i'll talk after also i have to go in three minutes and so Same. does funke yes yes but just quickly, someone on Twitter said, uh, I miss when horror movies were dumb in a smart way because now they're smart in a stupid way, which I think is interesting where it seems like now there's there's like this focus on like elevated horror or like this isn't really a horror movie. This is this is a drama with horror elements or something. People are afraid to use that label. And and now there's a lot of horror movies that are, I think, also extremely obvious with their themes that go like this is important this is political Mm -hmm. and they don't really make like a good movie you know i don't think this is one of them or it's in the other camp i think it's kind of in the middle but i think it's been a recent wave like i think kind of imitations of something like get out which i think is a great movie but there's like a lot of people trying to do that and i think doing it badly right yeah but i don't think yeah, I don't think that all those movies like fit into this thing that we're talking about of the like um these these elastic metaphors that you do kind of like push and pull on. I think a lot of those like there's just are one bad. Yeah, one, and I think that's is. why a lot of them don't work cuz it's like they are fairly like to on the nose and like didactic and being like this is a really important social thing that we're right. making a thing about. Don't you get it? And it's, like, kind of afraid to be a thing that's, like, a little hazier or unclear. Where, like, I think a movie, uh, you said Get Out. I don't think that falls in that. But I think Us certainly does. Yeah. Like, Us is a movie where, like, I don't, I think a lot of people don't really understand what the read is. And a lot of people have different reads. And that's what's awesome about it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Well, one of the things that's awesome about it. But I, I, sorry, uh, I was just one other thing on this to answer, like, I think that it probably is more prevalent in horror thriller. I think that we've kind of seen that over like this series. Like I think uh, we talked about that with the guest 
Mm-hmm. And even with Candyman, where I think both of those are ones where, like, sorry, I don't want to litigate, relitigate a fight. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, don't worry. I think that both Elastic of those are metaphor. Movies... Sorry. Hey, I'm not. I'm not picking sides. I'm just <laughs> saying. I think that both of those movies, like, are are movies where it it can be super frustrating because it's like I don't know what the exact what the read is, but that can also be like exciting. It doesn't always work. Uh, well. I would say the guest has a similar vagueness to this, too, where right. you are like the guest that is really like, what the what is this movie about? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, you Wait, give what are your scores? Two and a half. Oh, 1.5. Okay. Oh, 2.5, wow. 1.5. I, I, I like the movie a lot. I didn't think it was that whack. Damn. Uh, Bye, everyone. Okay. Have a spooky episode. Bye. Happy spooking. Happy happy spooking. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Thank God. Oh my God. No arguments from here on out. Yeah. Back to the uh, the the scream team. Scream team. Dream team. Oh yeah, cute. (laughs) Um. I just wrote a note here of my favorite scene. My favorite scene is when they meet at the power plant and they don't have burgers, but they do pierce their ears. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that. I thought that was a very nice scene. Um, it also made me think about earlier that day, or I guess yesterday, I was at work and I was talking to my coworker um, about Mysterious Skin and he was like, yeah, that movie made me want to pierce my ear, but I... Um, but then, he, but and then I asked him like if he wanted to do it himself or if he wanted to like get it done professionally. And he's like, I wouldn't really mind either way. I just don't know how to pierce my own ears. And my message is, is what you got to do to pierce your ears is meet somebody at 10 p.m. at a power plant. Don't eat the, <laughs> you can't eat the burger that they bring for you. They have to give you some earrings and then point out that actually your ears aren't pierced. And then you give them a safety pin and they pierce one ear. And then they're like, actually, I won't do the other one if that one hurt you. And then you say, do it. And then they pierce your other ear. And that's how you get your ears pierced. <laughs> that is the only way. Yeah. That's the only way you can do it at home. Damn, yeah. I just went to Claire's. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> Another great they... way to get your yeah, ears yeah. pierced is to go to sleepaway camp and then accidentally meet your estranged twin sister oh, yeah. and then decide to switch places oh, so you can get your parents wow, back yeah. together. But one of you has your ears pierced and the other doesn't. So you have to pierce your sister's ears. So you use ice and a needle and an apple to do it. And you oh, uh, yeah. scar Hannah for her whole life because she thinks that is so scary and gross for some reason when she's a kid and she watches it both great <laughs> options both great options i really like that movie i i watched it recently uh rewatched it recently um the parent trap for anyone who didn't get it. Who's, no. whoever is that new i always f- forget that there's like another 30 minutes where they go on like that camping trip with the yeah and i'm always like oh why didn't the movie just end before that I know in that movie, but it's so cruel. <laughs> it hates that stepmom so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> much. Literally, just because she isn't the real mom, I guess yeah, she does she's not even suck. That bad. Like, yeah, she's but not they're so antagonistic. Person, they're so like, antagonistic all the time. It's like they of course literally she's be mean like to them. <laughs> like do so much crazy shit to her when they're on that camping trip, where it's like, does this justify it? It is yeah. mean, but it also is such a fun 
uh, time to, like, like, I feel like that scene would just be so fun to film, just, like, freaking out on an air mattress in the middle of a lake and getting to, like, yeah. flop off an air mattress into the water. Like, I feel like that'd be fun to shoot. But they also, like, she doesn't she almost, like, swallow a whole lizard? Oh, that, that part wouldn't be Oh, yeah, yeah, they put, like, a lizard in her drink why, or something. Why did you have to drag the lizard into that? That part would not be fun. <laughs> What's her name, like, Meredith Blake? Yes. <laughs> What's her name? Her full name right here. <laughs> <laughs> you knew her name. <laughs> Merid- is it Meredith Blake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You sound really confident. It must be. <laughs> I didn't know. But you pull out that full name if you didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of that stuff in the third... Sorry, I'm just talking about the picture. But I think a lot of that stuff is, like, good. It's just that... I find it such a satisfying ending when they're like bopping around the hotel and going like in and, and doing all it's almost like Scooby Doo kind of stuff. Oh my god, I love Scooby Doo. Um, so then I'm just kind of <laughs> like, like oh, gotta, if the movie ends here, it's a classic. But then it kind of, I don't know, peters out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the camping trip is a bit much, but like, I'm, how does the camping trip translate from, from, the parents getting back to, like how does that how does that make the parents get back together like i'm pretty sure meredith blake like storms out yeah and she's oh, like and it's, he's it's like me, oh she can't handle them. a raft on the water <laughs> also like, i love how both the parents ended up rich <laughs> just like they're both <laughs> did they really got married rich. on a cruise you think they weren't rich to begin with yeah and i yeah. love that like the concept of the movie is like they live such different lives uh, they're both and then they have, have to switch servants. lives. <laughs> they're both their lives are like, so similar. They both so one confide is in, in, one is in their Britain and one's in America. And <laughs> like, yeah, and I love how they. But I think like they go to a sleepaway camp with fencing at it. Of course, they're rich. yeah. They go to a sleepaway cabin with an isolation or sleepaway camp with an isolation cabin. Like they just have Which an, is whack. They just they just have an extra <laughs> cabin that's up all these steps. Like it's like out of series of unfortunate events. Like But Nancy Myers, I think, like either being in Britain or being in America, but being very rich both ways, that's like the farthest she can understand like a life that is different from mine because every one of her movies is just about very very rich people and they never acknowledge the richness at all i like nancy myers by the way something's got to give's a classic but i just find that funny it's like the farthest she can imagine a life that's different is another really rich person <laughs> but, but in another western country <laughs> There was a Mary Kate and Ashley like knockoff movie called It Takes Two where like I don't even know if they're actually supposed to be twins but like they are because it's Mary Kate and Ashley and one of them is an orphan and the other is rich but her dad is marrying a mean lady um, and then the orphan goes to camp close by and she's going to get adopted by this family that she doesn't like and then they be- switch places, the rich girl and the orphan. But see, that makes more sense because one of them is rich and one of yeah. them's an orphan. And she's like, I wear backward baseball caps and dresses with that's sneakers. The, that's the princess and the pauper that I, <laughs> I know that story because of the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah, the princess. Oh. The prince and the pauper is the... But the princess... 
My friend had one of the singing Barbie dolls from that. Yeah, I love that we are talking about a girl walks alone at night. Hey, this is my episode. You did I say- I picked this movie. I said I was feeling sad and I just want to talk about anything. And you know what? I'm having a great time right now with my friends talking about this movie. Aww. You know what? Me too. <laughs> I love talking. Even though about we're not really movies. talking about the movie, but you know, talking about a different movie. You know, when you think about it, the movies are sort of like the same because Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan are both a metaphor for something. Oh, yeah, they are a metaphor for something, actually. That's true. But what is, what's the metaphor? No one can figure it out. And that's what's really, <laughs> um, that's what's alluring about horror films, yeah. like The Parent Trap. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's true. That's actually what is really good about The Parent Trap. The elasticity of the metaphor. It's like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, is like... it about how all of our minds are connected could be is, i don't know yeah. i could say it's about anything you, you can't deny dude, that don't you guys know they're actually the same person in two alternate realities <laughs> that Despite um, our accidentally um cross over with each other at this magic sleepaway camp that is an interdimensional uh oh uh doorway oh despite oh, yeah. our differences we're actually quite similar Mm. Yeah, despite the fact that one of us is fancy British rich and the other is more of like a cowgirl American rich, <laughs> we're all the same. Here's the thing. You thought they were different. Well, Which actually, you crazy, thought they were similar. Because they look the exact same. Similar. What? What the, uh, what the... What, um... Parent Trap is actually trying to say is like, no matter how different you think rich people are, they're actually just all rich. They're actually just Lindsay Lohan <laughs> using some kind of screen technology to look like two people. Did you know there's uh, like an original Parent Trap from like the 1950s yeah. that's not yeah, very good. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It's not very good. Lindsay oh. Lohan. They do sing a song though. They do a like little dance number. That's cute. Lindsay Lohan is unbelievable in that movie though. She's so good. Like she, I think uh cells that the two actually are very distinctly different people even though like they are so similar her, on the page her british accent yeah. isn't the best but it it is quite charming she is i when i was a kid i used to love doing impressions of it be like that girl is the most horrible person i have ever met in my life <laughs> and then the other girl's like i'm hallie and she's like I've got class and you don't. Oh my god, the That's the oh, like so handshake. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A good movie. Oh, what if we're, we're like sisters? No, we're twins. Sorry, now it's all, like all coming back to me. Oh, I need to watch that movie. Movie's so good. Nancy Myers also directed. Have you seen The Holiday? Yes, I have seen The Holiday. Yeah. Which which is also like kind of the same premise. I mean, they're not twins, obviously. But, but Kate uh, Winslet isn't rich, is she? She just lives in a cabin. It's a yeah, pretty it's nice. not the same, but it's like there's one, you know, one British person and one American person and they swap lives. Uh, and they're both like, yeah, they're, they're not like as rich as the people in The Parent Trap. No, Cameron Diaz still... is pretty rich. Yeah, and actually, she what has, does Cameron Diaz do? She has these the crazy movie? curtains that like close with the remote. Oh yeah, <laughs> she likes like sound design on films or something. It's just like very rich and then like slightly less rich, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. The well, Kate, Kate Winslet, I think, 
It was more like she, she just lives in a really like idyllic little British little house. cottage, yeah, and I know is she was related like to Jude Law, which is you're like you're rich in something. Jude Law's so charming in that. You're movie. genetically rich. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> And Jack Black in that movie. Oh my god, Jack oh my Black god. is so, so weird. I love, it's <laughs> no, so I funny. love that they Jack Black is like a romantic lead in a rom com. Yeah. I f- appreciate that because he is so attractive in a weird, like he has this charm about him. He is he that is. I'm like, yeah. He's, I just he he's, I like that he got his time to shine. I like that he's doing his playing it straight in a rom com. I I love I love like comedic silly actors doing something serious. It's my favorite thing. I also love serious actors doing something silly, i.e. Hugh Grant in Paddington too. Oh, Hugh Grant's so good in Paddington too. <laughs> uh okay, a girl walks home alone at night. Uh I apologize if anyone came to this episode really wanting us to talk about a girl walks home alone at night. We did uh, talk about it. <laughs> we we talked about it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really good. I think it's great. I think it's also... We should... <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I also think it's... Because was it this her first feature? Yeah. Yeah. She did The Bad um, Batch also. Did... Which I, I love The Bad Batch. Um, oh, I've oh, heard really? really bad things about it, but oh, maybe I'll watch it's, it. It's not that good. It's just fun to look at. Okay. Um, Suki Waterhouse is not the greatest actress. Um, I know I'm so so I'm so confused by her acting career. Um, it's like, but sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think it's like, I also like that it's like a film by like especially like like debut film like it's like really like accomplished and really like solid film and especially for a, a debut. Um, but I also like like that it's like by a female filmmaker and has all these sort of like um like fluid like metaphors and like all the things that saying where it's not sticking to one thing because i think like there's a lot of the time like in like especially with female filmmakers or female creatives like all their art is automatically like placed into a shoebox where like it has to be like feminist art or like it is feminist art or it is just apolitical but then like Mm. this film manages to like it does have like definitely like a there is a feminist reading to it um and it, like there are like overtly like feminist like um like moments and like that is like one of the main themes is like um like just the perception of women in society but then also manage like also having these other like metaphors and these other this other political commentary in it um and i think like very successfully is like nice and i think it's like just nice to see that it's like oh female filmmaking doesn't just have to be like i'm going to make a film about women or i'm gonna make an apolitical like romantic comedy not ragging on nancy myers but i (laughs) sorry i don't know if nancy myers films are really feminist i I don't think (laughs) she's gonna be no i was just saying i was just saying the scale is like for for female filmmakers it's like feminist film or like like, apolitical rom-com on the other side i know adam you had your hand up so i'll hold back no no you go ahead first i guess no i guess like I kind of like I hear what it like that the same opinion that you're like expressing Nara like a lot when people kind of try trying to like talk about um like female artists um and like the idea that like we automatically assign like a feminist um message or like theme to their work 
whether or not that was their intention. But I, I think like the way I like see it is, is like. I think the artists can have whatever intention they want, and like it could very well have nothing to do with like women or the or feminism. Um, but I do think that like because womanhood is inherently political or at least that's how I see it like I find that like like seeing a woman featured on screen in a predominant way or like having a female voice like guide a story like whether like I can understand why it would be frustrating to carry the burden of like always having to be like making quote feminist art um if you are like the person making that art but I think that like there is something inherently political and maybe not necessarily feminist but like I think that like I think a feminist reading can be applied to most art um but I do think especially when it is female voices in some capacity like I don't know I think I uh, it's just I don't know where I'm going with this well, well yeah it's like her this work is like inherently about like is politicized like does have a political message about women like that's gonna be there but I mean even like apolitical rom-coms when you have a f- woman making the story and you know likely a woman like in front of the camera leading the story like even if it doesn't touch on womanhood at all I just feel like they're like I, I I feel I don't know maybe it's like my personal instinct is to apply a feminist reading to it in well, some capacity I think I think there will be like a feminist reading attached to it I just think it's easier because of like I think I was talking more from like a marketing standpoint almost um mm. like there is like obviously like rom-coms or like anything with a like you said with a prominent female read is gonna have like people like reading it through a feminist lens but i think it is also easier to depart those films from a feminist reading if one so chooses like if one just doesn't want to like like if somebody is just like not well versed in like feminist theory then they won't see it with that through that lens but if somebody sees something like girl walks home alone at night they're gonna be like oh this is saying something this is commenting something about how women are supposed to be like that was the intent of this was to comment somehow about how women are supposed to be um and i think that's sort of like the two ways that a lot of the time like bigger marketing suites like to work it's like either you're gonna market something that's apolitical like avengers or you're gonna market something that is like inherently political or like we're gonna try and make it political like captain marvel or like wonder woman in some in that way or where it's like you you're have gonna the take options. some or you're gonna take something political like jennifer's body and market it as a sexy apolitical like, <laughs> yeah, comedy. yeah so it's like it's that's like, the like that's the thing it's like i feel like a lot of time for female filmmakers it's like either you have to make your work own like a feminist piece like it has to say it is about women and is about making a political commentary about women or you have to depart it from politics like to sell work as like a female creator um i I think that i was sort of like thinking about it more from like the studio production standpoint but also obviously like that's true this is like made like on a smaller budget but i think it is just like interesting that she didn't like for a first feature i think it is very easy to be like i want to get not like talking down on any like filmmaker who like makes this decision because it makes sense it is like um like you want to like start your career however so it's like I feel like there is like a bit of a pressure to be like I'm from a marginalized background so I have to make a piece about my background and just do it because that's how I'm going to get funding instead of like writing the story you actually want to tell or telling it in as true a way as possible to you you know but I guess like I feel like people's personal experience though like 
no matter what the film itself is actually about, like, that just bleeds into, like, how you tell stories. That, like, even if it, again, like, doesn't have to do with womanhood, like, I think there just will be, like, an inherently, like, like, I don't know, like, it, your, your existence as, like, whatever identity you have, like, I think it always kind of, like, carries into your work. Yeah. But even if you're not intentional, like, because that's just, it shapes your worldview. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe I'm just, si- I, like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry? No, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly agree with that. But I think, Nara, we talking about, like, the pressure that creators feel to kind of, like, make work that is only, like, explicitly about identity and how there's kind of, like, this uh, suggested pressure or even, like, very explicit pressure that it's, like, this is the only work you should be making. This is what people are going to care about. Um, And I think a movie like this is, like, I think, uh, I think this is a feminist movie, but I think in like a way that is very different from like a movie like Captain Marvel or like Wonder Woman, where like, this isn't like an empowerment fantasy. And it almost feels like it is at first, like the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was kind of, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but when she does kill that first guy, I kind of expect the movie's going to be like, okay, now she's going out and she's killing a bunch of, like, shitty dudes, taking the night back, and that's what I think a lot of filmmakers would make with a, with a movie like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm, like, obviously, like, yeah, it is about, like, her identity as a woman and as, like, somebody, like, as an Iranian woman, but it's, like, I am, like, I think it's, like, really, um, like, or, like, I really admire that she never sort of gave in to sort of like any pressure that there might have been or any temptation she might have had not like I have not read any interviews with her about this piece or like anything about her but it's like that I feel like I might have if I was in her position to be like oh I have to make this like more feminist or else people won't watch it or I have to make it more explicitly about like Iranian politics or it won't sell um especially like to a western market so it's just like nice that she was able to like keep it subtle and like keep like have it very fluid and i think like very like true to her like um like outlook or like her artistic voice yeah i think even like uh (laughs) the conversation that we've had over the last hour kind of like proves what we're talking about and what you're saying hannah that like or Renara, were you saying it? I don't know. But just I don't know that, what like, you're trying to say yet, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, we had this very, these these two different conversations where we're trying to, like, understand the film very explicitly through uh, Iranian politics and through Iran's uh, relationship with the U.S. And we're also trying to very explicitly, like, understand the film uh through a feminist lens and i think like we don't really know what the intention of the filmmaker is but we're bringing that immediately to the film because we know like the filmmaker's identity mm-hmm. which uh i don't think is a bad thing i think it's just like proving that like i don't know we would have put we would have put something on this movie no matter what i don't yeah. really know what the movie's about yeah i mean i think i am personally like knowing the context like knowing about the person who made whatever piece of art I'm trying to like read or like understand I think for me like I always find that helpful like I prefer to like not because I think like it doesn't always explicitly inform but I think I think art is so personal and like even when it's political it's through such a personal lens 
but like I like knowing the context of it but I also feel like it's something that like watching it from a western perspective I didn't once think about Iranian politics watching this I almost explicitly saw it through a feminist lens and I think that has to do with like like depending on who's watching like the film and this is like a lot with like monster and horror films it's like you will read it and like see the villain as whatever you would view the kind of social political villain to be does that make sense mm-hmm. like yeah. because I don't have like a background or understanding in in Iranian politics I never like thought of yeah. it but immediately I identified with like it through a feminist lens whereas like someone else could go in and see it and like see a completely different like dynamic playing out based off of like their own um, yeah of course like we we always project onto the film like what we what we know yeah but like i think it is like this metaphor this elastic metaphor elastic metaphor is that yeah that's that's good i think i said the elasticity of the metaphor but elastic metaphor is the same (laughs) i think that is something like that in the history like they like vampires even in the history of vampire storytelling vampires represent so many different types of monsters and like they can be applied or like i think any kind of like type of monster like we depending on like the lens through like which we're viewing it so I, i think i don't know where i'm going with my brain train yeah but i think that also like I don't know if I can finish your thought, but also like <laughs> I I know Hop I hop onto the train. I know I can't because I'm not in your brain, but I think also like just like <laughs> what we're speaking about is like that. I think that's one of the things that a lot of viewers like might have trouble with with this film. Like Seb was saying that how it's like not um or like if I am understanding correctly, like one of his issues with watching the film is he felt this disconnected because it's not really specific enough about anything. Um, like, and that's also sort of where this sort of, like, the, like, the elasticity or, like, fluidity of the metaphor comes in. It's, like, nothing is so specified, so you're able to just take your own, um, outlook and apply it to the film, which I think, in my mind, makes the film very successful, but I also understand how, like, that creates, like, a disconnect for a lot of people by not having so much to feed off of, because, like, if you are in a position where it's, like, oh, I don't have a lot of experience with Iranian politics and I don't have a lot of like baggage in my mind with like the idea of like being a woman um and especially like a female like in situations with men um then I might not have like as much to like take from this film or as much to read uh read in this film right but I yeah yeah for sure but I think that's like the exciting thing about uh like art as a whole right is that like in different times even in like our own lives uh we bring different things to like the work when we engage with it so you can see a movie and not understand a ton about it or or have a very specific read and think like this is what this is about um and then you learn more you go through different experiences or you watch it on a different day where you're feeling something different and you bring a totally different thing to the work and then like get something completely different uh, out of it. I think that that's super cool. And I think that that's like the kind of film that I uh, love the most is the one where like it isn't super didactic or 
on the nose or or exists just to kind of like educate or teach or be like this is a thing you should know and this is what the movie's about it like exists as kind of a living breathing thing where like you can go to it at different times in your life or different yeah. people can go to it who have very different lived experience or or whatever and they can get something so completely uh different out of it but something so personal to them and that's that's a, just a beautiful thing about art it also does force you to think about like the types of issues that it could be exploring if your brain doesn't immediately fill in those gaps yeah it like kind of forces you to like think about like because if you if the metaphor isn't clear to you immediately then you kind of have to like think i don't know i find that every time i watch a movie or read a book like like after the first time i i read it i see things i didn't see and i understand it differently and i think that like it is those like this is one of those films where like you would want like i think i'll have to watch it a few times before i like feel like i have a decent grasp on it which is good i think yeah i don't think that's a bad thing the other thing uh, that I I think about a lot in, in regards to all this is like I had a, a teacher once who said to me like not to try to conquer all the art that we engage with uh, mm-hmm. in, in meaning like don't feel like when we go into a piece we have to like. Was that Mr. Morgan? What... No, it was actually a, a writing teacher I had in university. One oh, of, one sorry of the to cut you off. I really liked. No, no, but um, yeah, to not feel like okay, I'm going into this work. I need to like, I need to crack it. I need to get what the idea is about this. And I have to leave with like a brilliant observation or like, uh, I need to just figure it out. Mm -hmm. And instead, like to not go in with that idea of like, I need to conquer this. Let it like just enrapture you. Think about it however you want to think about it. And you're probably going to end up getting a lot more out of it than like if you are really actively trying to be like, I need to know what the thing this movie is about. It's like, yeah. I don't know. There's something beautiful about just kind of sitting back and like uh, at certain points, something just clicks or at a certain point you're just like, Oh yeah, that's the, that's, that's what I think this is about. That's yeah. super cool to me. I, I, I agree. I think subjectivity in art should be encouraged. Um, that's, but you know, that's what that when Seb and I fought about the candy man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell him, but whatever. <laughs> um, um Yeah. But I'm also really stubborn and I also like love puzzles, so it's like part of me's like I just want to, like, let things be. And then part of me is, like, I need to know and be the smartest <laughs> and understand it. And there's two competing facets of my personality, which, ugh. Anyways. Should we? That's fine. Should we That's wax, wax that. score? That's wax score. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know that this episode is going to be a girl wax home alone at night. <laughs> That sounds wrong. <laughs> that I know. So bad. Yeah, that sounds that sounds wrong. <laughs> well, t- take it up with Seb. I just know that that's the pun he's gonna make. Yeah, that's definitely the pun he's gonna make. Um. Uh, Nara. I think. 
again, I don't think it's that whack. Maybe the wackest thing about this movie is the Elijah Wood production credit. Um, in my opinion. Um, I do think it is a great film, though. I think maybe it's a, a little bit a little bit whack that this man was like I get that he was like on ecstasy and like kind of out of his mind and like maybe the vampire could sign the sentence but I'm surprised that she didn't just eat him when he like randomly hugged her in the street but he said he wouldn't hurt her and but she was still, like like I don't think I would trust that if someone was like oh I won't hurt you and then hugged me in the middle of the street but she's still a vampire. Like, she still has the upper hand. That's true. She's still... But, like, I... Yeah. But I don't know. I That part was, like... I, like, I understand also, like, he... There was, like, some build-up to that that did constitute a little bit more. That that just sort of rubbed me the wrong way. That was probably, like, the wackest moment for me. Um, but overall, I think I agree with, uh, with Seb's 2.5. Was... Is she his mother? That's what I was wondering, too. But I don't... I, that'd be weird. At one point, I thought that she was the cat. No, I think no, she's not. I think I I I think I thought I think her and I think because it seems like the dad was implying that the cat looks like the mother, and then the mother looks like her, and I was very confused. No, I think I think that I think I think her and the cat have like a psychic connection because it's this like connection of like the hunter kind of thing where they're both like because that's also how she knew to go like there was like a psychic premonition between them but i think it's because of like the hunting aspect of the cat and the vampire Uh, but is but what is but maybe she's also the mother that'd be because that would explain her taste in like 80s music but that would just make the ending of it really uncomfortable to me. That would just, like, make, like, a lot of this very uncomfortable But they don't me. kiss. I know, but it's still, like, weird. Like, I, it's still weird that... Yeah, but... Maybe she's not the mother. She just kind of looks like the mother. Maybe she... That would explain the way they're instant. Like, they kind of... Like, why would you uh, run away together? Like... That's true. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Hannah, what's your score? Um, I'm gonna just give it a two. I just like I just don't think it's like that whack at all. I re- I liked the movie and there's a lot to unpack, but it's like not like if if she was like dressed like a Tom Cruise in Interview with a Vampire Vampire and like doing some like <laughs> weird shit, like then I'd be like, yeah, this is whack. But like the movie like wasn't actually whack in the way that it is. Okay, you guys can give this score, this movie, whatever you want, but name He's gonna give name it another five. film that's name another film that's like it. I, what do you mean? Name another film that's like this film. I don't. I like. I don't think that this film is that much of like an outlier like, and like. Oxalotl like, Overkill. Okay, so what's one other? What, <laughs> sorry, which one? Oxalotl Overkill. Sure, no, I haven't seen that. I'm sure if I watched a lot of like independent like foreign films i would be able to give you a good example but admittedly i don't but like i feel like the film was it like felt i don't know it just it didn't feel whack to me and like it's not like that's not a negative i usually give whack scores to like not always films i don't like but like that 
It tends to be like a biz- like I don't know. Is it like films I think you we don't have different understand? definitions of whack. No, but like when a film is like actually like just trying to do something whack, this isn't trying to do something whack. It makes a lot of sense to me. I feels rational, so I'm not you know. Okay. Well, sorry. Uh, I think it's a super unique film. Uh, that uh, and that's whack to me in the best way. I'll give it a four. You're gonna give it a four. <laughs> It's you, you whack for you is just I like it. If Adam no, likes I, it, I, under, my wha- I understand what you're saying about it's like not like a ton of other films. Like, I get that. Yeah, that's what I give my whack to. I mean, I'm just like, are, what, are, what are you doing that's different, that's that's fresh, that's unique, that makes this stand out against like every other film I've seen? And I don't know. I think it's like super unique and has a really like distinct personality that I think is very different from, uh, I mean, most horror films even like films playing within the same genre. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I think it's really good and really unique. I think I give more like higher wax scores to films where I don't quite understand what they did. Like I'm like, why did you make that choice? It's kind of weird, but I guess it works. You know? Mm. Well, hey, I mean, we all have different definitions. That's the fun. I know, which is why this podcast doesn't make any sense. (laughs) The elasticity of whack. Damn it, we should have named it that. Oh my God. Oh, Oh that's pretty good. We have to take everything down and put it. We need a (laughs) rebrand. All right, guys, we're going to rebrand. Look up the elasticity of whack, like in the future instead. (laughs) Uh, putting that into the machine? Yeah. And the uh, final score is a uh, nice uh, 2.5. 2.5. It's half whack. Half a whack. It's a uh, wow. Well, I give all of you a f- zero. Meet me half whack. Right I get- <laughs> at the <laughs> That's pretty good. Meet me half whack. That's pretty good. Okay. Hannah, you got a five. I got what? Anna, you got a five. I was giving you a zero on the wax score before, but now after you saying that, I'll bump you up to a five. Thank you. Because that was a really unique thing to do. Thank you. you see, I'm really doing things. something different. I'm like redefining yeah. the genre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nara, you what do you you want to wrap up our Hallow Wax series next? Yeah, week? it's gonna what be released after Halloween, I guess. But I I think that kind of works for the film because yeah. the film is. Guys, I would. Let's extend Halloween yeah. for another yeah. month. I love Halloween. Um, it's my favorite it, holiday. But I'm going to... My choice is Lady World um, by Amanda, yeah. Amanda Kramer. Um, there might be love like a movie. special surprise to go along with that epi. Um, and I also have instructions for anybody that wants to watch the film. Or like suggestions for anybody that wants to watch the film in advance of the podcast. I suggest watching it all in one sitting. Try not to take any breaks to get up to pee. Um, try to watch it um, in it doesn't have to be a dark room I just say like a, a, a mellow lighting room like don't have like a ton of overheads maybe a lamp on would be nice and I'd say it'd be good to have a snack um, with something with a very strong taste like if you're gonna have some Ooh. lemonade or like really salty chips or something to eat while watching the film those are my suggestions I think that movie is good to just feel really trapped so maybe you should like lock yourself in a room like from the outside 
Yeah. Um, or, I don't know, sit in a car and watch it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not gonna do that. Go get a moderately large size suitcase and kind of curl up in the suitcase and then put your screen right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, over, yeah. on, yeah. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Thank you. Uh, okay, thank you to uh, Ian Mills for the music, Emma Kudlak for the logo. Go to at InsomniacFest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore fest on Twitter, InsomniacFestival.com to learn more about the festival. Next week, we're going to talk about Lady World and the, as the movie ends... Uh, uh, they're like in, in a, a car. car. And we're not okay. talking. Vroom. And there's music Vroom. on. Vroom. <laughs> okay, you you picture it, you see it, it's dark out, um, yeah. Mom, get out, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>